1: That you want to live an inspired and fulfilling life. Maybe there are a few things that you need to get you there. Welcome to What Matters with your host, Mary Beth Lodge. In today's world of distractions, we can get overwhelmed with day to day responsibilities that keep us busy, frustrated, and confused. With an emphasis on the power of the mind and drawing on the fields of personal health, education, neuroscience, business, and spirituality, We'll discuss practical strategies to help you stay focused on your priorities, choices, and results. Now, here is Mary Beth Lodge.
0: Good morning. How are you today? Thank you for joining me today on What Matters. Today is a day for you to be challenged. I want to challenge you to make a difference. Can you do that? Can you find a way to make a positive difference in your world today? Can you make a change within yourself that will carry ripples of positive change into the lives of those around you and well beyond that? Do you know that no matter what the change is that you make, it will reverberate through the lives of the people around you? Do you know that when you change your own vibration, it changes the vibration of the people around you? So no matter how small, the action is. It makes a difference. So for this hour, this is your time. I want you to pay attention. I want you to really listen. You've created the world you live in. How can you change the things that you want to change? And how does it apply to you? Not your significant other, your best friend, your child, your parent, or your coworker. Just you. You can share information with other people. Yep, that's a nice thing to do, but ultimately you are the only person you can really change. You are the person you are responsible for. And you are the person that can truly make a difference. No, not by telling other people what they should do, but by what you actually do, by the actions that you take. That's what counts. I know you're busy, and we are all very, very busy. This is a very busy time of year in the spring. We're trying to get things done, schools out or schools about to be out, and there's so much to do. I know, I specialize in busy. But sometimes, busy means we're distracted. Distracted away from the things that are important to us. Distracted away from the goals that we said we want to achieve. So are you taking for granted the people in your life and the actions that are most important to you? Are you spending your energy on things that don't really matter? And what are the choices that you make in your world? When you make a decision about how to spend your time, do you consider the impact that decision has? How do you touch the lives of the people you meet? And do you create sunshine wherever you are? It is such a simple thing to create sunshine. Do you know that? Just by consciously making a choice to smile you are creating sunshine. Consciously looking for the laughter that's available all around us. There's comic activities going on in every corner of our lives. Just watch. Some things are more obvious than others, but there are many many opportunities to laugh. And the more that we choose to laugh, the more sunshine that we create so let's start this morning by making our own sunshine what are you grateful for today what are the blessings that have surrounded you on this week and this day what is it that you have been blessed with open your heart open your eyes and notice you know I am grateful this morning because at the end of last week I had a wonderful meeting a collaboration with professional colleagues on a new project and it was so exciting and so fun they're expanding their new space and everything is new for them and their energy and enthusiasm just was oh so abundant and this morning it is a warm morning and there is a beautiful cool breeze I've gotten my walk in already this morning just by a fluke that I happened to be up very early, and I noticed in my yard the first red peony has bloomed, and my lilac bush, which is late compared to everyone else's, is just now blooming. The fragrance of that is, oh, so heady. And yesterday, no Monday, I had an unexpected day off, a day that had no deadlines, no appointments, and I had the blessing of kind of wandering from one task to another with no real agenda. In fact, the things I thought I would do on Monday, yeah, maybe I got to them. And things that I never dreamed I could get to, well, they got done. It was so nice to just kind of allow myself that very relaxing schedule. And the result of that, which I didn't even know on that day, I noticed yesterday that I suddenly had a great deal of creative inspiration again. Ideas began to flow. Opportunities began to open up. And it was just because I had given myself that time, that time to do nothing, think nothing, and allow myself to step back in to the pace that I had set for myself. Now that brings me this morning to our topic A topic that I titled, Soothing Your Inner Child. It really, the topic came because of a discussion that I had last week with Lisa Patrick Wright and Frances Duncan of Grassroots Enrichment and Wellness Center. They're in Dayton, Ohio, and they were asking to discuss some new ideas, some projects that they had in mind. And as we started to talk, they are a family-oriented enrichment center, so they do lots of enrichment programs for children and for families. And as we were talking, I said that one of the things that I believe every parent should know is how to teach and use meditation with their children from a very, very early age. Because I think the sooner that we teach children meditation, the more skilled they become in calming themselves and in coping with difficult situations. They learn to use their imagination, and they learn more focus and concentration. And I think the sooner that we can start that, as soon as we can tell them stories, we should start meditation with them. But I don't believe that I should come in to a group of children and teach them meditation. That's one way to do it. And teachers who have relationship with children could incorporate that into the work that they do. But it's much more effective for the parents to learn how to do meditation with their children and so as we talked and we were evaluating how to how to create this program i suggested that it be a training program for parents given parents the learning skills the a way to create kind of a, a template for meditation and they can fill in the blanks and make it personal for their own child that bond is already there that bond increases and it's a way also for the parent to benefit from meditation. I love that idea. So if we can get the parents and the children in a family to meditate, even if they're doing it together as a story or separate apart, it doesn't matter because meditation has so many, many benefits. Now We know that the brain responds so well to certain images, certain thoughts, and we know how to create that space. You've been listening to me. You know that I talk about this all the time, that brain changes that happen when we go into that deep, restorative place of meditation or self-hypnosis, that place of deep, quiet within. But... As I was talking with them, this idea sparked in the back of my mind. And as I said, I had that day off, and so it really blossomed. So I had more creative inspiration, and I thought, well, isn't it true that we all have a child part to us? There's all of us have this aspect of the small child, the child who wants to play, the child who wants to love, the child who wants to be free, and just enjoy the moment, the day. We all have that part inside of us. Some of us have buried that one rather deeply and others of us know and bring that child out whenever it seems right. But wouldn't it be nice if we could take these same concepts and apply them to ourselves? See this is what would happen with parents is they're learning these skills for their child. They would learn that same place of soothing themselves. So you can do this, too. You can learn these skills to calm yourself, to sleep better. You can learn more tolerance and patience because you are taking care of your inside, that part of you that has all of the child emotions. And those aren't bad emotions. Please don't hear that in that way. The child emotions are a necessary part of who we are, but, you know, children become frightened because they can't make sense of something. Well, so do I. And children are joyful in some small thing, you know, the seeds of a dandelion that they blow in the wind, or the blossoming of a new flower, all of those things that they greet with wonder and joy. Well we all have that part inside of us as well. And the way that we can allow ourselves to be more present, to be mindful, to be in the moment, is actually through meditation. So when we use meditation in a way that uses the imagination, we are creating more capacity for imagination. And in creating more capacity for imagination, We develop better skills for solving problems because we can see things from new and different perspectives. We can accept that there are many ways to solve a problem. And we can choose how those options unfold because we have accessed that creative part of ourselves inside. And we do that all by simply engaging the imagination. We can improve our concentration by training our minds to stay focused on a particular image or a particular sound or a particular phrase. See, we improve our concentration through practice. And when we practice that focus, we get better and better and better. Now, isn't that a skill we want our children to have? But also, isn't it a good idea for your own mind? That's right. We also, and I don't know if you know this, but meditation improves your ability to cope and your ability for emotional control. That's right. You get calmer with meditation, regular meditation. And when you are calmer, you can more easily bend and be flexible, like the tree in the wind. You can more easily be patient, and isn't that a good skill to have? Not only for your children, not only for your family, but also for everyone you encounter. You know, there are just days when you really do have the choice to be patient or not. And wouldn't it be nice to feel centered and grounded enough that you don't have to force yourself into patience? You know what I'm talking about. Those are the days at the grocery store when you really want to just get through the line and someone has a price check, or someone has 50,000 different items in the express line, or you know, there are things that you just, you know, you've got the option. Could you be patient, or could you be impatient? Well, I'm saying to you that through meditation, through training your mind to go to that place of calmness, you can more easily access that in the daytime, in the waking hours, and that it is easier for you to be settled and calm. And as you are settled and calm, remember what I said in the opening, the change you make within reverberates through the people around you. So when you are patient, it's so very interesting. What I notice is that when I'm very patient and I take myself into that very still place, and I'm not sure that I can fully describe that moment, But I know that more than once I have had the grocery store clerk or the clerk at the deli look at me and say, thank you for your patience. It's very clear that they felt that calming. Maybe they couldn't even describe it in that way, but they knew that I was not flustered, I was not frustrated, that I was at peace and they felt that and reverberated with it. I think that's important to remember because we can influence a situation, even if we're not engaged in the situation, simply by sending our peacefulness outside of us like a bubble and just kind of making it available for other people to move towards or get into. When you're in that space, it's so nice to stay there. People will want to be around you. They'll like you more. They'll want to have what you have without being able to articulate it because you are quiet and peaceful. And all of that starts with a regular practice of going into that space within. Now, let me talk a little bit about the principles of how to use meditation for your child and also for yourself. Now when you're doing this with a child you'll be talking to them. You'll be using your voice and so you want to slow the pace of your voice down and you want to lower the tone of your voice so that it is calming and soothing similar to what I'm doing right now. So you want to keep that pace very slow, very even and you want to simply describe a scene Now, I'm going to start out with principles that talk about visual um, images, but I will go into other types of imagery because not everyone is visual, and not every child will respond to pictures, although they're better at it than we are as adults. We will notice about ourselves that perhaps we're not so good with pictures sometimes. I know that when I go into meditation, the pictures go away. It just becomes a black screen. But that doesn't mean that I don't use meditation. I just use different ways of accessing my imagination and my imagery. But my images aren't necessarily visual. When we start out and I talk about the visual, what I'm asking you to do is to describe a picture. Not in a lot of detail, but enough detail that they can really follow it. So perhaps you're going to take them to the playground and you're going to describe the playground that they're in. And you're going to describe the green grass and the swing set and the color of the sky and the trees around. You see, you're going to fill in kind of the structure of that place. Now, their imagination as a child is much better than ours as adults. But you might find that if you're using this technique for yourself, that you give yourself a structure and then you're amazed at the details that your own mind fills in once you give it permission. So sometimes you start with an image, a picture, and you allow your mind to fill in. You also can allow the child, if you're doing this with a child, you allow them to make pictures for you especially the children who are a little fidgety that um, don't really know how what they're supposed to be doing with this you might ask them what picture they see when they close their eyes they'll give you more detail than you could have ever created for them and that's really the nice thing is that our minds will fill in the blanks Now. Uh, We're almost ready for a break, so I don't want to go into the specific components. But I do want to talk about what's the difference between telling a story to a child at bedtime and doing meditation. Well, a story is passive. The child lies there and listens, and maybe they use their imagination. But in meditation, you ask them to be a part of the picture. You ask them to fill in the blanks. You ask them to see themselves in that picture and to take advantage of the gifts that you weave in to that story. So that's also the foundation for yourself. Meditation is an active form of creating images. Now, it's time for us to take a short break when we come back, we're going to talk about the specific components to weave into an image meditation to soothe that inner child. You're listening to the Voice America Variety Channel. Stay tuned.
1: Now, you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, Blackberry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, Blackberry App World, or Android Market. Are you ready to make a change in your life? Would you like to discover the hidden obstacles to your success? Mary Beth Lodge is a certified life coach with a proven track record of guiding others to success. Drawing on mind body techniques and concepts of neuroscience, She works with people who really want to make a difference in this world and are willing to take the actions to achieve their goals. She'll help you get clear on where you want to be and to follow through on the actions that lead to a healthier and more successful life. Visit LastingLifestyleChange.com to request more information or a free consultation. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com Listening to What Matters with Mary Beth Lodge. To be a part of our discussion on today's program, please call 1 866 472 5788. That's toll free 1 866 472 5788. Or send an email to Lodge at gmail.com. Now back to What Matters.
0: Good morning. Thank you for joining me this morning on What Matters. Our conversation this morning is about soothing the inner child, meditations that would help both with your own children and with the child within you. And we've talked about some of the the basic principles behind the use of meditation. And I want to talk about kind of a template of things to include. Whether you're doing this for a child or you're doing this just as a way of soothing yourself, there are some components that I think should kind of create the structure. And I've based this on two books that are written by Maureen Garth. Um, she wrote a book called Starbright and also a book called Moonbeam. Both of them are um, meditations uh, for children. And she talks about kind of a structure, and she talks about her own history, that she started these uh, meditations. She didn't set out to write the book. She actually set out to teach her own child, meditation and she started with her child at the age of three which was very very effective and she's still using or still continue to use those same kind of components um, in similar stories although she adds in new stories she uses the same structure as the opening and that's very very important for children children appreciate ritual they appreciate um, kind of the the predictability of something and so if you're doing this with a child Making sure that you at least start out with the same components in the imagery every time is very, very important. Now, for yourself, you might find that that is also a very useful thing. Remember I talked about training the brain for concentration? Well, when you train the brain to a particular set of images, it begins to respond to those images faster and faster and faster. And so the components that I include and that um really again come from the template that Maureen Garth lays out is first of all she starts out with a star image and that is a special star and i love that uh, you know i'm reminded of a a story that i heard from Andy Andrews he talks about his children all the time he's an awesome author um but he talks about when they when his boys were very little he would take them outside before bedtime and they'd look at the stars And he'd say, how many stars in the sky? And the youngest one, who couldn't count yet, would go, star, 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 star. And then he would point out that there are many stars in the sky, but only one moon. And then he would point to each of his boys and say, and there's only one you And I thought that was such a beautiful practice. And that same aspect is what Maureen Garth includes in her imagery. She asks the child to imagine a star, a special star just for them. It's their star. And that star shines a special light. And she actually does a white light balancing image with that star. So that special light comes down to the child and flows through the child. Imagine that now. You have a special light that comes to the top of your head and flows through you. Imagine how that feels. Imagine how warm that is. And so you have this concept of a special light. And then you have that light going to the heart. Now, in a very simple way, Maureen Garth takes the child to their heart and just says, Fill your heart with love for all the people and animals in your world. And that's a beautiful image and it's just right for a child. I would say to you that as an adult, you can open your heart and connect into the love that you have for the whole world, for every person, for every thought, for every animal, for every star, rock, and blade of grass. You can connect yourself out into the universe through your heart. Belverus Ruth Napristack, who is also a wonderful practitioner and who produces just, she's so prolific with guided imagery. She has a website called healthjourneys.com. And she always, in her guided imagery, uses the same concept of opening the heart. She might wave it in later on in the guided imagery. She might do it early on. But she always includes the opening of the heart because that's a component of healing for us when we go into meditation. You see when we open the heart we are more accepting and loving towards everyone around us. Now for children and for our own selves the concept of a protector and you can make this right for you. You can make this right for your child. Some people use the concept of a guardian angel but if that doesn't fit that's okay. I know people who have used um, an animal, and they they use an animal like um, a lion or a bear, something that speaks of protection and strength. Um, One of my clients years ago said that as a young child, she had a stuffed lion, and so in her imagination, she was doing meditation before she ever knew she was doing meditation, but she would imagine that this lion was alive, and she would imagine getting on his back and riding the lion to whatever adventure they were going on today. It was a wonderful image, a protector image, Um, and many people can create um, that kind of an image. The reason that uh, Maureen Garth uses the guardian angel is she kind of weaves two images together. The second one is that of a protective cloak. Well, the guardian angel has wings that wrap around the child and keep them protected, so she wove those two together. I've used that same concept of a protective cloak, and it's more kind of the Harry Potter thing, you know, the cloak of invisibility thing, but... (laughs) and I used it before Harry Potter came out, um, but it's kind of an idea that you have a a garment that wraps around you safely. Even when I work with a smoker and I'm doing an induction and I'm deepening them into a quiet place, I use the words or the language imagine that you have a wonderful safe blanket of relaxation wrapped securely around you. And so it's just a way of wrapping yourself into a feeling of safety and that's very important that when you're in that quiet place that you have a feeling of safety. Now for children and for you, I want you to have a place to put your worries, to put your distractions, to put the things that interfere with your quietness. See we don't even know what children worry about. They worry about amazing things, things that we wouldn't even think of. One child in Maureen's uh, book uh, worried that the tree would be overwhelmed with his worries and what would happen to the tree. He thought his worries were so hard to carry that it might damage the tree in some way. So we create this image of a tree. Um, that perhaps you're going into a beautiful garden, but before you go to that garden, outside the garden, is a tree, a worry tree. Place your worries on that tree. I've heard other imagery where there's a box, a secure, strong box, and you place your worries in that box, and only you have the key to unlock that. So you can lock it up or you can unlock it however you choose, but If you want your worries, if you need them back, you can always go and get them. Otherwise, they simply rest in that place in the box. There are many, many different images. Choose one that works for you. The whole point is that you place your worries, your distractions aside, and allow yourself this time to go into a beautiful, safe, and restorative place. And so in the structure, the template that uh, Maureen Garth uses for children, she then creates a garden and she very specifically focuses on the colors of the garden and I have used a garden for many years with many of my clients as well. It's a way, really, to balance the energetic field through the colors in the garden. And I just go up through the colors of the chakras or the energy centers of the body, and I include all of those colors, and sometimes I include a little suggestion that goes with that color. You know, the root chakra is red, and you feel grounded and secure. Um, the orange, Uh, chakra, I talk about the the orange flowers and the the connection and relationship that they carry with each other. Of course, the second chakra, the orange chakra, is the connection or our relationships are there in that chakra. And so I just go through all of those colors, each of the colors of the chakras of the energy centers of the body and I weave them into the flowers. Now you can in telling yourself a story about the flowers or telling your child a story about the flowers, you can give the the properties to the flowers that you want to include for yourself. So you see you can create a specific story or a story with a specific purpose, just through the images of the flowers, and that might be one way to engage the imagination. Another way is to engage the imagination through the um, through a gift through the opportunity to receive a gift. So you might create um, some image in your place, in your safe place, where someone is presenting you with a gift. And this can be anything. You know, this can be a wise tree. This can be a wise animal. It can be a wise counselor who you only access there. And of course this wise counselor is you. It is your wisdom. It is your highest wisdom. But it is also your ability to connect to the wisdom beyond you. And so this wise counselor might come to you and offer you a gift. And sometimes you don't even know what that gift is. You might have set out in meditation to address some worry or some problem. And you might receive a gift that at the time seems so unusual. But trust your mind. Trust the images that come forward in your mind because you might receive something that is symbolic. Of course, that's how the mind works, is in symbols. And the mind might give you some symbol, which to your conscious mind might be confusing or curious. As long as you allow that curiosity, the gift is given to you. Do you see? rather than analyzing it, trying to figure it out, simply allow that gift to evolve and trust that your mind took care of whatever the problem was that you were seeking a solution to, and your mind did it in a way that maybe you didn't even have to know. And it might be that later on, as you're working on that problem again, a solution appears just seemingly out of nowhere, but really it was the gift that you gave yourself during that meditation. Now with children we might want to increase their confidence or help them overcome shyness or help them overcome their fears or worries or solve a problem in a new way and all of those things can be created through an image of a story. You know you might talk about um, a child meeting a rabbit out in the field and hopping and hopping and hopping with a rabbit and the rabbit invites the child to go back to her home and she takes her through a maze of different tunnels to get to her home, but she knows the way. Do you hear the the suggestion? She knows the way. And so the child receives the gift of knowing the way, even without knowing that she knows the way. And then there's the gift of the rabbit inviting the child to have some carrot soup or to play with her children being accepted, you see, being included. This might be very, very important and special for a child to be included, to feel welcomed. Now, that whole story that I just gave you about the rabbit also comes from the book Moonbeam by Maureen Garth. I didn't come up with that on my own. She has some amazing stories in there. I use that simply as an example because I want you to begin to allow your imagination to create stories, to create images. Even if you don't have all the details, it's really not important. What's important is that you have kind of a structure or a template, even for yourself, allowing yourself to create whatever place you need. At a time when I was going through a very painful moment in my life, and I felt very, very physically depleted, I actually created a place that was for me a healing place um a, a healing circle so to speak it was a circular building made of thatch I'm drawn to medieval images and so that was very important for me but it was a place where I was visited by healers I was visited by wise counselors and I used those images just as a way of allowing myself that peacefulness inside and also the permission that I could allow myself to be nurtured and cared for This is so very important for us as adults, and it's so very, very important for us to allow that image to soothe and heal. Do you see, when we use that soothing and healing image for ourselves, we can give that away. And so, I want to move out of the visual images and into the sound images. Now, there are many forms of sound meditation. With children, one of the things that I find is very effective, especially at bedtime to help them soothe, is the music of Gregorian chant. You know, it is a monotonous kind of sound that has uh, some variation to it, but it's very, very monotonous and it has a particular vibration that is held throughout the song. Um, I often find that there is a difference for male and female voice, that the boys do respond better to the male voice. The girls respond better to the female voice. But that's an experiment that's worth trying out, to see how the children respond to that sound. There are very specific vibrations that resonate with our own energy field and there are many ways to use sound as a form of meditation, whether that's through the use of music and just listening to music. I don't know if you know this, listening to music decreases anxiety and depression. And I don't know that, that that's all forms of music, but you have to find those forms of music that work for you. I do know that there have been studies on certain classical pieces of music and they match specifically the physical vibration of the body. They create um, that meditative space in the brain where the brain can soothe and quiet Now, there are other forms of sound meditation that I want to get into and also movement meditation for the fidgety ones. We'll talk about that when we come back from break. You're listening to the Voice America Variety Channel. Stay tuned.
1: She works with people who really want to make a difference in this world and are willing to take the actions to achieve their goals. She'll help you get clear on where you want to be and to follow through on the actions that lead to a healthier and more successful life. Visit LastingLifestyleChange.com to request more information or a free consultation. Stimulating talk. Gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to What Matters with Mary Beth Lodge.
0: Good morning, thank you for joining me this morning on What Matters. Our topic has been meditation for the inner child. Um, We're talking about techniques that soothe and calm us within, also that we can use with their children, um, teaching them to access that quiet place inside. And I just was talking about some of the sound meditations Beyond the use of music, there's also the use of chant um, or the use of a repetitive phrase. You know, many forms of meditation use a mantra, something that is repeated over and over again. Um, There are forms of chant, which again are um, more of a song kind of sound. But all of those are meditative practices because of the repetition of the sound. I personally really appreciate the Hawaiian healing technique of Ho'oponopono, which is four statements that are repeated over and over and over again. And those statements become the meditation itself. You direct those, those statements inward to yourself and to any feelings or any issues that you might want to clear. And those words, over and over again, loosen up the energy in a way that is very profound. So there are many forms of sound meditation, but you see, children would respond well to sounds and words, especially the children who like to hear themselves. They like song. They like, they like to make noise or make voice. And so you might give them something to play with and see where they take it because their creativity, again, is unbridled. They, they don't really have as many inhi- inhibitions yet. And so they access sound in a way that maybe we haven't even thought of. And then I want to talk about movement, movement meditation. This is for the fidgety, and you might be one of those. You might be saying, oh, well, that's nice, Mary Beth, but I can't sit still. That's okay. In fact, I like when my teenagers don't sit still because it means they're going to be so easy to move into that trance space, into that meditation space, because actually the movement can be an easy access in. Because again, you can create a repetitive movement. If a, if a teenager comes in to see me, whether that's for any form of hypnosis or meditation, whether I'm doing some form of life coaching with them, however I'm working with them, almost always they have a choice of two chairs in my room. Almost always they choose the chair that moves. I have a chair that swivels, it rocks, it reclines. It, it's great. I mean, it just, it does all kinds of wiggle kinds of movements. And in addition, I keep uh, soft, like, koosh balls or stress balls, you know, those squishy things. And always, there's one of those in their hands. Because my teenagers have so much energy, they want to move. But it means that they'll also work at a deeper level if we allow that movement. And so I encourage them to move, to use the rocking or the swiveling of the chair as a way to help them focus. And they do it so beautifully. But the point here is for you. Do You see, if you're fidgety, or if you have a child who's fidgety, rather than fighting with that and saying, sit still, whether it's for them or for you, encourage the movement. It's not a fault. It's just a difference. It's a difference in how the mind is working. A lot of times, this type of child or adult can only access their creativity through the movement, but they can access incredible creativity if we encourage the movement. So, in a way, movement is a wonderful access to engage the conscious mind. You see, if you have one of those very, very chattery minds, and you find it very difficult to get still or get quiet, if you will focus your conscious mind on moving, This is why Tai Chi and Qigong methods are so very effective, because it gives your conscious mind something to do. It gives your conscious mind something to focus on and to be attentive to while your subconscious is doing this great work underneath. So you can, you know, meditation doesn't have to be an eyes closed kind of thing. It's useful if you're doing visual images to close your eyes so that you don't have distracting images from your environment. But in movement you wouldn't have to close your eyes. In fact, you could keep your eyes open but keep them focused on a particular point in space and you feel the movement in your mind. You can actually use movement without moving. Do you see, you can create an image in your mind of yourself moving. So again, I want you to engage the imagination. Imagine yourself dancing like a prince or a princess. Do you see I don't know what a princess dances like but I know that by calling you a princess I have given you a special place a specialness about you and I encourage you to use your imagination to feel yourself dancing and in the feeling of the movement again you are engaging that movement meditation now in all of these meditations And again, there are many, many more than what I've described here. But in all of these meditations, including the detail for yourself, letting yourself feel the temperature of the place you're in, have a sense of the space around you, and add movement, flying, swimming, hopping, skipping. Children especially like this. You know, we talked about the bunny and hopping with the bunny. Um, Children like... To fly. They love the image of a special fairy or a genie that comes and takes them by the hand and lifts them up above their room and out into space. Um, Again, Maureen Garth, I have to go back because she has such powerful, wonderful images for children. She talks about the star fairy. Who There's a fairy that comes from your special star, comes down and takes you back to your special star. And you're given a gift there. And the other star fairies, who all have responsibility for a different child, all are excited to see you there. So again, this welcoming, this acceptance, this loving energy. And you can do this for yourself. Adding in that movement, that idea of moving, flying, allows your brain, here's the science, allows your brain a different perspective. Do you see? It allows your brain to take in the image in a new way. And by doing so, you become more creative. You become able to access more solutions to the problems of your life, even if it's not a problem that you're meditating on. There's also a very, very important concept that when you're doing this, when you're guiding a child, is to engage their power of choice. See, you're training their brain to make decisions, to make choices, but you're also allowing them the freedom to include their own imagination in the image. So. Again, in, in the imagery that both I've I've heard with Belle Ruth Neverstack and also that I see in the book with Maureen Garth, she asks the question, would you like to? And then she offers a choice. Or perhaps you might, is the language that Belruth uses. Perhaps you might, because it gives you that choice. It's very permissive, very open. It's non-directive. And in meditation, that's a useful thing. Now, in hypnosis, I can be much more directive. And depending on the style of hypnosis I'm using, I might be very, very directive. I'm dealing with somebody who stopped smoking. I'm going to tell them to stop smoking. It's going to be a direction. I'm not going to give them permission to maybe do it. No, that's not what they came for. They came to stop smoking. But in other forms, other issues, other problems, I will use a might, perhaps, allow. All of those things give the individual, the option of filling in the blanks for themselves through their own inner wisdom. Do you see their own creative counselor within? I like to use meditation at night in advance of bedtime because I sleep so well, but also because I know that I can access the power of my mind throughout the night by focusing on a particular image or a particular issue and allowing my brain to resolve that during the night. As I was doing my final preparation last night for this program and and this is a a practice that I use every week this is not just for this particular one but typically the night before I do this radio show I review uh, kinda the concepts or the outline or whatever it is that I'm going to discuss or If I have a guest, I review their information. And then I put that in my mind overnight because I know that that will allow my subconscious to speak the appropriate words in the morning. It will allow my subconscious to be creative in bringing forward whatever it is that needs to be said today. So I like it at bedtime. I like it at bedtime with children because they sleep well. I like it at bedtime with adults who have trouble sleeping or calming themselves at night because it gives them a way. It gives you a way to put aside your fears, your worries, all of the things that distract you and allows you to put that in the worry tree or put that in the worry box and allow yourself to go deep within, into that place that is quieting, protective and allows you a deep rest. You see... We naturally are going to move into that brainwave state of deep meditation right before we fall asleep anyways, so I like that. Now, there are there are practices of meditation who discourage that. They want you to sit up. They don't want you to fall asleep, and that's perfectly okay. Use it in the way that is right for you. Use it in the way that fits you best, and you might have to experiment for a while and practice and modify it. I get tired of images when those images no longer serve me so I discard them and move on you know I described an image that I used at a particularly difficult time in my life I don't need that image in this time because I don't have those issues going on so I allow my mind to create new images that match whatever is happening for me in this time of my life so Allow yourself that flexibility. Allow yourself to discover meditation in a way that is soothing for you and in a way that you can teach to your children, no matter what their age. You can teach this to them. Well, I suppose if they're adults, you probably can't teach them now. You'll have to just simply invite them to learn, perhaps by inviting them to listen to this show or inviting them to try out some um, recorded imagery that might help them. Those are ways that you can invite someone to learn meditation. But remember, the change that you make is about you. You can share this information, but the change that you make comes from within you. Now this morning again I challenge you, how can you make a difference today? How can you take what you just heard and give me five more minutes after the close of this program? Go quiet, go within, find an image that gives you that feeling of safety, protection, energy and light that opens your heart and lets you move through this day in a state of gratitude and peacefulness. Can you do that? Can you allow yourself to make that change? Five minutes, that's all I'm asking for, five minutes of quiet time. Maybe immediately after the show is over, maybe at some point later when you can get to a quiet place, but can you give me that five minutes? see the time that you meditate really doesn't matter some people meditate for five minutes some people meditate for 20 minutes some people meditate for an hour I know people who go on retreat and meditate for eight hours in their day that's hard for me to imagine but I've heard the experiences and I know how powerful that is so however you choose to incorporate this do it do it today this is your challenge Go out there, make a change within yourself. Make this a great day because you deserve it.
1: Thanks again for joining us for What Matters. Be sure to tune in again next Wednesday morning at 6 a.m. Pacific Time, 9 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll help you continue to make a difference next week.